There's Michael much, Jackson. Uh, Halftime act. Sedano and LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. Jam. Show gets bigger and better. Monday, Scott Kaplan going to join us. It'll be Sedano, LZ, and Cap. By the way, if you want to vote on our poll, you can at ESPN Los Angeles on Twitter. Who's more stacked, the Lakers or the Dodgers right now after the Dodgers added Trevor Bauer? Lakers, obviously, we know how stacked they are. At the moment, the Dodgers lead 63.3% to 36.7%. And LZ, our poll is brought to us by... Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you're ever injured in an accident, call Sweet James Accident Attorneys. It's available 24-7, so visit SweetJames.com. So there you have it. So, LZ, we were talking about the Dodgers being stacked because Trevor Bauer is now part of the Dodgers Mm -hmm. rotation. The rich get richer. Like, who's the fifth starter? Because here's the deal. You got Bauer, right? You got Walker, Bueller. You've got Clayton Kershaw. In theory, David Price is going to be part of this rotation. So who's the fifth starter? Is it Dustin May? Is it Gonsolin? Is it Urias? Is it uh, it Josiah Gray? Like, where are you going? Like, you got so many options. It's insane to me. It's insane, but it's a beautiful kind of crazy because, to your point, it's not even just simply, you know, who's the fifth option. It's who's the ace. Like, who is the legitimate – if you got to win one game – now, I think we're going to boil it down between two players. I right? think it's we're Walker Bueller. it down between Bauer and Walker Bueller. Yeah. But it's like, that's how good they are. That the definitive A's for the last two seasons may actually, you know, be in competition for that role because of this signing. Trevor Bauer is that good. His season was that good. And then you still got Clayton Kershaw who, oh, by the way, probably put in the best postseason performance of his career last season. Mm -hmm. But he's getting older. He is getting older, but so am I, so I'm not going to throw any shade at it. (laughs) (laughs) But you're not going out there trying to throw six innings. You don't know what I'm doing when I'm not on air. Okay, okay. At least not publicly, yes. At least not publicly, exactly. And then on top of that, an argument could be made that while it is true that Kershaw had his best postseason of his career – in the World Series, was there a better pitcher than than Julio Urias? No, but you know, do you, were you were we together the day that I said they should move Urias to the closer role, and you have a righty lefty situation with him and Kenley? Um, or were you off that day? Might have been off that day, but I'm liking where you're going with it. Yeah. Like, I'm that's old school. Like, you know, old, you know, that's like 80s baseball there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where they had two closers, mm-hmm. you know? Which is not bad, especially given the instability that, that, you know, I hate to say it, but that he's leaning into now. Kenley's just not the rock that he was, certainly not when we first got to L.A. and not the first, certainly not the rock he was when he got first got to L.A. So right. it doesn't hurt to have a young guy being groomed in his, you know, wake, I guess. But is it Urias or is it May? See, who's I, I, also phenomenal, Greg? I, would you go, who would you go with? Do you like the the Urias uh, Urias to the bullpen, like and and kind of make him a pseudo closer? I do like that. Unfortunately, they've said over and over again. Andrew Friedman said it. Dave Roberts has said it. Julio has said it. He wants to be a starter. They want him to be a starter. He's okay. going to then he's be the fifth starter. starter. Then I think yeah. that's then the end the of the story. Starter. Yeah. He he might be a fifth starter. So, but there's more you know? to it though. Just because they have all these great arms, they're going to they're going to stretch them all these guys out. So they are going to go to a yep. six man, seven man rotation. It's going to happen. I mean, not seven. Seven. They're gonna they're gonna pitch guys. Seven. Seven. They've they have averaged over the last three years twelve pitchers getting starts a year. No, I get that, but I mean, I don't think they're going to like a strict seven man rotation. No, 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 no. But nobody. Why not there's seven. No, but like David Price and Clayton Kershaw are not going to pitch thirty games. That's no, definitely not. But that LZ, that's just too much. Like I, these people are creatures of habit, man. It's never enough. Mm. Never enough. What do you mean too much? Mm. Seven? What's wrong with seven? Yeah, yeah, too much. Who 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 should not start? Should Kershaw not start? Should Julio not start? No, no. Should Dustin May not start? I think Dustin May goes to the bullpen. Or, or is the sixth guy, you know what I mean? I think that would be awful if you made him go to the bullpen when that guy 
when he starts is bonkers. Sixth guy then. Sixth guy. He's bonkers. Then Gonsolin is in the bullpen. Somebody's got to go to the bullpen. Like you he can't. was supposed to go to Oklahoma City. Dave Roberts like, yo, dog, Clayton's back hurt. Can you start for us? Well, that's and the thing. <laughs> Clayton is not going to get anywhere near 30 starts. Right? Like, I think so good. That's, that's fair. Like, I wouldn't. I mean, he's very fragile at the moment. They're so what is the What does the post say again about who's more stacked? Who's leading? Uh, it says Dodgers. Yeah, it says Dodgers. Yeah, that's Dodgers not, is that's, The people's know. The people's because we can't figure out who's starting because we have too many starters. I think the people are right. Okay. Yeah, I, I still think it's the Lakers, personally. <laughs> but, that's but we fine. know who's starting. We at least know that much. Right. Um, look, Kershaw's not going to start 30 times. and But you know who's going to start 16 is his buddy, Matt Stafford, right? Mm-hmm. So his buddy, Matt Stafford, is going to be the new starter for your Los Angeles Rams. And Teddy Bruschi of ESPN, NFL Countdown, was on WEEI Radio in Boston. Just because checking. remember, there was talks about you know New England. And right. Stafford was like, nah, dog. I, I've already done the Matt Patricia experience. I know he's back there. I ain't going there. And Teddy Bruschi felt like it was more than that. And we will have some audio from Teddy here. Let me hear Teddy. No, Stafford saying he didn't want to go to New England, whatever. I think people know why. The draw in New he's England. He's not tough enough to play here. Yeah. He just, he's just not tough enough. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's tough enough to be coached hard. I mean, do you, uh, do you realize the mental toughness that Tom Brady had to have for 20 years to deal with Bill Belichick? I mean, in that type of coaching? I mean, constant pressure every single day. Does Stafford sort of, you know, sort of grab you as a guy that could handle that? I just don't think so. Well, so he went to Sean McVay and get his little best friend relationship and go have fun over there. You, you, That's fine. So here's what I would say, LZ. There's two things at play here. Two things can be true. One, playing in New England has to be tough because it's Belichick's way or the highway, right? Like, that's fair. Mm-hmm. And it ain't yep. for everybody, right? Like, that's, that's fine. Um, but I do think, as Glenn Ordway, the host there, was alluding to, I think it's more of a Matt Patricia thing <laughs> than anything else. Um, but I feel like Teddy crossed the line there and saying he's not tough enough when the man literally was playing through a broken back a couple of years ago. And, you know, whatever he wants to say about the Sean McVay best friend thing, they've known each other for a long time. I mean, I, I you know, when, when the opportunity came to work in the afternoon, you and I worked, decided to work together because we were familiar with each other because we're friends, right? right? Like, right. Who, who doesn't want to work with people they get along with? Like, that usually makes things easier. I'm going to say something that I would say to Teddy's face. I think you're conflating being with Bill Belichick for 20 years with being tough enough to be with Bill Belichick for 20 years. Maybe you weren't tough enough to leave until now. Like he's assuming because Tom Brady was there that he was tough enough to handle it. Maybe Tom Brady was there because he wasn't tough enough to make the hard decision to leave. That he didn't believe in himself enough to leave. And this is where I have a problem with his take. It's not so much about slander about Matt Stafford. To me, that's a different conversation. My issue with him is correlating, sticking around with it representing some level of, of commitment or toughness or being a man. No, sometimes you stick around because you're too much of a blank to leave. Right. Right. <laughs> you're too much of a coward to leave. So I appreciate, you know, Ted doing what he feels he needs to do to protect the brand, blah, 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 whatever. They don't really care about him. He hasn't figured that out yet. <laughs> but... This notion that your toughness is defined by your willingness to stick things out needs to actually be run through a different filter about why didn't you leave if Bill Belichick was such a blank to begin with. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. That's a good way to look at it for sure. But I I do think that it it is him protecting the brand. And, you know, Dan Lebitar is not with the company anymore, but they used to have a joke that Teddy used to get mad about. They used to call him uh, Baghdad Brewski. Uh, because they said he'd get on the mo- on the landmine for uh, Belichick. And just take it, won't he? Yeah. He would um, just take it. So, And I like Teddy personally, but that does come across as you are literally copying and caping for the like – uh, it's, it's such a garbage thing. Like, there is literally video of Matt Stafford being knocked the hell out yeah, and playing with one game. arm right. going back in games to throw game-winning touchdowns. Yeah. 
So yeah. this idea that he's not tough enough it's is silly. such a ridiculously bad take. Yeah, and really it feeds silly. into this hyper-masculinity aspect of the game that really isn't real because when you go into a locker room, you see all that cocoa butter yeah. and Jurgen's lotion in there. You realize these aren't dudes who are consumed with being hyper-masculine. They yeah. try to make sure their skin ain't ashy. Yeah. Man, stop. Uh- yeah, I'm with you. All right, coming up next, PJ Carlissimo called the Lakers game last night for ESPN Radio. Our pal, we're going to talk to him about the Lakers. We'll talk to him about some the best Italian restaurants in town because this man travels everywhere, and he knows every Italian place to hit. So we'll do a little restaurant talk with PJ and, of course, wine. He knows him some wine, too. So we're going to have some fun with PJ. By the way, nobody won the money today at 430 Monday, we're going to give away $720. It's now rolled over for a third time. If you want to register for that, hit us up. Text the word MISSION, all right? Text the word MISSION to 40705. MISSION, text that to 40705, and you can register to win that money on Monday. PJ Carlissimo joins us in three minutes. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Sit down on LZ with you here on 710 ESPN. We're going to wait to chat with PJ Carlissimo here in just a second. Lawrence, going straight to voicemail, you said? All right, I will try to figure this out here. Um, I'm going to have him. Greg, text me the number to have him call. Um, I cannot wait for the halftime show. I really hope the weekend does the hills. I want him to be freaky and nasty and grown folk as, as much as possible. Right. I I love him. I, I just love his sound. Like, everything is great about him. Have you ever seen him in concert? Um, I, I have not. I was going to go, and then the pandemic happened. Oh, he's, he's really good, 2022, yeah. his yeah. concert. He's really Yeah, good. he's coming back in mm-hmm. 2022 because he couldn't finish his tour. No, I so, hope I'm here in yeah. 2022. Because he did staple. He was going to do staples and the forum. Oh, really? He was going to do like a Prince thing, just stay here and just work. Yeah, it Elton out? John did the same thing. He did staples and the forum. Yeah, he's. he's if you're a big good. enough artist, you should be able to do both. Yeah, yeah. Both. He's he's that good. He, he he truly is. I just want him to do his freaky ish. Right. <laughs> I want yeah. him to make folks Jen and Jackson uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, I don't know if the NFL is going to love that, but anyway. Um, they so, gave us the who, man. They, they owe us something. <laughs> By the way, the Dodgers could be getting in on uh, Ozuna. Is that is that a done deal, Greg? Still? Or no, they're still no. He's moves? he's done. Ozuna he, it just went back to the Braves for about a hundred for eighty million dollars. Okay, because I had okay. seen a report on Sports Illustrated that uh, that they were talking about Ozuna maybe to the Dodgers too. So, so sorry, four year sixty five million dollar deal. It just broke actually. Yeah, okay. Laura is PJ called in. Oh, okay, great. P.J. Carlissimo, of course, coaching great, coach to a Final Four, longtime NBA coach and, and NBA assistant. We love him on ESPN and ESPN Radio, of course, called the game last night between the Lakers and the Nuggets. Uh, Peach, we got a lot of stuff we want to talk to you about. We want to talk basketball, then we want to talk Italian restaurants in Southern California, and then we want to punctuate it with uh, some wine selections for Ooh, the weekend. Okay, yes, you ready sir. for all that? I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. Let's start. <laughs> I love it. Let's start with the Lakers. I, you know, I found myself last night watching that game, Peach, and I said to myself, like, oh, you know, you know, Denver's coming out strong. And then all of a sudden, it felt like in a blink of an eye, the Lakers not only took control of the game, but then just, like, went away, took, just, you know, won it in a laugher by 21 points. Like, how would you, how did you kind of, see all of that unfold in real time like what was happening there that kind of caught your attention exactly the way you saw it first of all i was looking forward to the game I, you know obviously watching both of them we had um lakers boston um Kessie and I, I think had lakers boston on saturday and so i had seen about five laker games in a row either live or watching the tapes 
And then uh, Denver playing so well, I'm saying, wow, this is really going to be a good game. And I'm actually, like, at halftime going, good. You know, Denver's really stepped up. I, I thought, I actually thought they were in good shape at halftime. Uh, you know, I thought the Lakers looked like first game back after a long trip. And I said, you know, Denver's going to get this one. I don't know what Frank told him at halftime, but, like, about a minute in, I said to Sean, and I, I could see him, you know, Sean's in New Orleans and I'm sitting in Seattle. I said, I don't like the way they're playing. The Lakers are just taking it to them, and they're not giving them any resistance at all. And Mike Malone called a quick timeout. There was like two baskets in a row. They just drove in and shot layups. It was a loose ball. I think Alex Caruso got it, as he usually does. And I said, boy, this doesn't look good. And they dominated him after. I thought they bogarted him uh, in the second half. Now, again, they hung in for a while. It really didn't break open until the fourth. But I was really disappointed because I wanted a good game. And when it's over, I'm saying, boy, uh, this does not look good. Jokic in particular, George, really surprised me. Again, he's played so great to this point. But, I, you know, we did all the games in the bubble and he didn't play nearly as well against the Lakers as he did against everybody else. The first two rounds, he was incredible. And they just they took the three away from him. They, I thought they were physical with him. And it looked the same last night. Now, that's not fair to him. You know, next time they play, maybe he gets 40 and Denver wins. But I would be really concerned if I'm a Denver fan watching that second half last night. Um, Coach, you know, I, I don't want to spend the entire time doing a soliloquy on how great LeBron James is, but he passed Wilt Chamberlain on the all-time field goals made list. And when you think about Wilt and the competition he faced and his physical stature, I'm not asking you to say GOAT, but I'm having a hard time finding any other player in the history of this game who is as good at scoring as LeBron James is. I, is I, can't, some... I can't disagree with you. Uh, I, I think he's been unbelievable. And the thing that I didn't appreciate until we were getting ready for the Boston game the other day, like, how's this? I'm sure you guys are on it all the time. Um, you know, we jump around and see different people. He's... The last two years, you could almost go three, but certainly the last two, he's played fewer minutes than he's played in his career. He's taken more threes by a significant amount than he's ever taken in his career. He's taken less free throws than he's ever done in these two years. And he's shooting 41%, the best percentage he's ever shot from the three-point line. He's almost <laughs> like reinvented himself. And last year, I thought he just singularly will that team, I'm not taking anything away from anybody else on the team, but LeBron caused them to win last year. And then you watch him again last night and he comes out. And, you know, I think a lot of us, or at least a lot of people snickered when the NBA finally made a decision and it was a real short uh, off season. And they said, well, of course they want the money. They have to have the games on Christmas day. Uh, LeBron will play 15 minutes and then we won't see him again the end of January. He hasn't missed a game yet. Uh, and, and I think with two new starters and a whole bunch of new faces, they're defending almost as well as they were last year at this time. And, and to me, it all obviously, it all starts with him. Uh, couldn't agree with you more. I love the fact that it was Wilt. Uh, when we were talking about Nikola Jokic having uh, 20 games to start, 20 straight double-doubles, to start the year, I said, hey, guys, let's put it in perspective. And I've got the number wrong, but I'm close. I said, you know, Bill Walton did it X amount of years ago, 76, 77. The number was 34. Wilt did it 227 times, 227 <laughs> straight times. He got double-doubles. I'm off a little bit, but it was in, in the you know low 200s. Uh, and LeBron just went past him. Uh, you can't, there's no more superlatives. There's nothing else you can say. Um, it's just I would pay money any night to watch him play. I just enjoy it so much. And 
I, I hope the I hope the people in LA get to get back in that building soon because it's uh, it's incredible what he's doing. Period. Much less at his age. PJ Carlissimo, the great PJ Carlissimo, with us here from ESPN. Um, PJ, who is the biggest competition for them, East or West? Like, who is the one team, uh, if there is any, that you think would give them the best series? Well, I'll make you happy. I, I haven't seen the Clippers enough. I would think on paper uh, it's the Clippers in the West. I do think Denver is legit. Um, I, I don't think they can beat them. You know, the, the best thing about the NBA, or one of the best things about the NBA, um, and, you know, I love both, George. I loved, I loved college when I, for 23 years. But best out of seven, like, if you've got to beat somebody best out of seven, you've got to be better than them. I don't see anybody better than them. I think Denver will, if, if it is Denver, at some point in the playoffs, I think it'll be a lot better series than, than five games like it was in the bubble. I, I think it was closer than five games, but I think it'll be better. I, I really think they're legit. Um, I think the Clippers on paper appear to be the best. I haven't seen them yet. Um, I, I don't know that there's anybody else uh, in the West. Uh, I, I'm still not sold on Brooklyn. I, obviously, offensively, they're off the charts. Um, I, they, they, they've got to do a number of things better. Uh, I think, but you know, before you can say they're going to beat them. In, in my mind, the Lakers are the clear favorite. Uh, they deserve. They're, first of all, they're the defending champs. They're the best combination of offense and defense. Um, I, I haven't seen all the teams in the East yet. I think the East is dramatically improved. But right now, you said I'd have no problem saying the Lakers are the best team and they're the team to beat. I'm really anxious to see the Clippers in person and do some of their games. I, I, you know, how good do you think they are? Um, look, I think the Clippers are good. I think they match up well um, at times against the Lakers. We've seen those games be very close. Uh, but, you know – I just think – I don't think anybody can beat them, to your point. And LZ and I have talked about this a lot. I, where LZ and I differ is I think Brooklyn – we saw them against the Clippers the other night actually defend. And if they do that, I think they're the best team in the East. LZ seems to think Milwaukee is the best team in the East. Right, LZ? Yeah, I, 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 if I've had to, like, lay down money on who's coming out. I'm going to go with Milwaukee because they actually know what defense is. And when I look at that Brooklyn squad – as much as I love the names attached and the offense that comes with it, if you're get, if you're scoring thirty but you're giving up, you know, twenty five to thirty yourself, that's really like a net loss to me. I'm with you. I, I, they have the potential, honestly. I know that's a cop out, but they haven't been together long enough. I don't even know how many games Harden's played. Kyrie was gone for a big chunk of time, so to give them their due. I want to watch them. I want to see them go to the next level. They don't have to be Laker good on defense. They have to be significantly better than they are. I agree with you. They were impressive the other night. Uh, but, but with that kind of talent, and, and, and Joe Harris deserves to be in that conversation too, by the way. Uh, but they have to do it for a while. You know what I mean? They can't just, you know, gear it up. It's a home game. It's really special. And they, they, they have to do it for a while. they got to sustain it. Um, and they've, they've got to be able to establish that they can get stops uh, again four out of seven times. Milwaukee's been the best team in the East the last two years, and they didn't get it done. You know, Toronto uh, and Miami just were able to beat them. I do think they've learned. I do think they'll be a better uh, playoff team. I do think their roster's a little bit better. So, again, I, I'm not as comfortable saying they're going to come out of the East but I'm reserving judgment on Brooklyn. I know that's a cop-out, but I'm reserving judgment for a while on Brooklyn. All right, Peach, last one's here. We'll do this rapid-fire style, okay? So quick answers, because we only got about a minute here. Give me your top three Italian restaurants in L.A., in the Southern California area. Well, and, and Giorgio Baldi, um, I like Drago Centro downtown, um, I, I like Eduardo, Giorgio's son. I think his place is very good. Um, and I'm drawing a blank on another place that I love, and I can't think of the name. Well, you give gave me one, three already, sure. so that's good. <laughs> yeah, you give me another one, though. Calories. Okay. There's yeah. a little place. There's a little place downtown, PJ, called Calories. They're only open five days a week, and it is the best 
opinion I've ever had. Oh, that's not going to work for PJ, though, LZ. It's got to be open 7. It's got to be open till like, 2 in the morning. Uh, I'm, because you, I'm know, just, you got a game. Right. I'm just I'm just telling you my own experience. <laughs> no, because, I'm writing it down. Because I'm PJ, C O L O R I. All right, Kalori. I, I got love it. I this it. place. Okay, now, you know Pop is good. Pop likes to try different places. I like to go to the same place. <laughs> but listen, you've never steered me wrong. All right, one quick question: Where does Volters rank on the Italian restaurant? chart because john ireland and lz and i were talking about it earlier where does it rank like top five top 10 top 20 top five it's as good as any restaurant in the country it would be a good restaurant in los angeles or chicago or san francisco or new york it, i have to disagree with you my friend restaurant. i gotta it's, disagree it's with unbelievable. you unbelievable i lived in new york i lived in utah i was in provo we went there often and i was like it's good but I think it's good for Utah. I don't know if it's good for the globe. Yeah, I it, no. It, I'm listen, I'm, I'm I disagreeing there, with you. Yeah, he's LZ. Finally, a disagreement from PJ. There we go. Um, respectfully, respectfully, <laughs> respectfully is the key word. It's the key word. Of course. Now, last one before we let you go. Give us the wine selection tonight. What's what's on the wine selection tonight? Peter Franis Zinfandel, a, a little-known Zin uh, from California. The guy's name is Peter Franis. He did something else. I don't know what, till he was in his late 30s or 40s, decided to make wine. He makes an unbelievable Zin. Brandlin, B-R-A-N-D-L-I-N, Brandlin Vineyard, uh, Zinfandel, Mount Veter. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, you got to like a big red, but it's fantastic. PJ, you're the best, brother. Thank you so much for always taking time for us. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Back at you. See you, Al. See you, George. All right, take care. There he is. All right, let's talk about what PJ had to say on the other side. Plus, uh, big, big moment in Super Bowl history. We'll tell you what that's about in three minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So not on LZ with you here at 710 ESPN on a Friday. Hope you're having a great day. By the way, we didn't get a winner today with our cash giveaway. Make sure you are listening at 430 on Monday. Your chance to win $720 in cash, cold, hard cash. All you got to do right now to, is to register. Text the word MISSION, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, to this number. 40705. Text the word mission to 40705 and you can win 720 bucks. And if somebody don't win then is rolling over, that means we're going to hold on, I got to do math. That's uh $900. Yeah. A lot of math. 900 if somebody doesn't win on Monday. Show me the money. I mean, who needs the super lotto? Right? Got Sedano and LZ and Cap beginning on Monday. Thanks to PJ Carlissimo for joining us there. We love him. Uh, he is a treasure. You know, LZ, we've talked about this before. Like, there are certain guys, right, Like, and ladies, um, when they are on the broadcast, that you learn the game, right? QB's one of those people, right? PJ's one of those people. I believe Doris is one of those people. Like, mm-hmm. those people are on a broadcast, and you're like, they are teaching you basketball while they are calling a game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's like, like the my first person – in that category is definitely um I just drew a blank on his name. <laughs> Which a is basketball? Hilarious. A basketball. Hubie? Hubie Brown. Right. Hubie when Hubie calls a game, I become a better pickup basketball player afterwards. Right. Every single time. It's crazy. And which is for 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 me to admit is a lot, George, because the NBA and basketball in general is just a space where I just feel like, boom, mm-hmm. I got it, I know it, I'm comfortable. There's very little you can tell me that I don't already know, 
And then I tune in and I hear Hubie call one quarter and I go, damn. That's some good. That's some good information right there, dude. And he's that eighty-seven years old, eighty-seven, and still calling games at a really high level. But not just calling games; he's teaching calling game. games yeah. with information. Yeah, teaching the game that, regardless yeah. of the generation that's listening, correct, can use. Yes, one hundred percent. That's what makes him so valuable. Right, right. He's incredible. He is. He's <laughs> a legend. Um, so yeah, him, PJ, Doris. When those yes. people are on, you, you got to listen. You got to listen. listen. You got to listen because they're teaching you stuff. Um, hopefully, we're teaching you stuff other than shenanigans occasionally. So, <laughs> let me ask you this question. Good. We got Brady. We got Mahomes, right? Mm-hmm. Is this the best Super Bowl duel we've ever mm. had at quarterback? Wow. The best Super Bowl duel. Well, certainly, I would have preferred Brady to be in his prime. Mm-hmm. That's first. But I'm trying to look, think about... Super, I'm typing in right now as we talk, Super Bowl quarterbacks matchups. Because I don't want to mess up, you know, any of the options. Because I I, I think Aikman versus um, Kelly were probably pretty good. Yeah, right? That, though, right. I mean, Jim Kelly at the time was one of the most prolific passers in the entire sport. Exactly. Yeah. I, mean, so I'm I, like, I mean, do you go like Drew Brees and Peyton Manning? Like, that was pretty good. That was, that was, dem- that was definitely better than this one. Yeah. You know, that's definitely better than this one. Based, I mean, upon, Dan Marino and Joe Montana on paper in 1985 off an MVP and Joe Montana being a champion already was was a great matchup. John Elway versus Brett Favre. Right? John Elway, Brett Favre is a really good one, too. <laughs> so I, so I'm, I'm leaning towards no. <laughs> right. Only because, not because a, of Brady, obviously, but because Patrick, as great as he's been, so it's young. been such a short window. Yeah, so young. It's still a very, very, very small window. Yeah. So you're like, to to be in this space, you need to have defined yourself so amazingly well for like the better part of like nearly a decade. Right. For me to consider you to be among the greatest. Like I'm looking right now, 2002, Tom Brady versus Kurt Warner and it's like, that's very close to Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Right, because we didn't know anything about Warner very much then. Exactly. And we didn't know much about Brady either, if to, to that matter. Um, exactly. You know what we're forgetting? Now, this game sucked um, because it was a route. But we had oh, John perfect. Elway versus Joe Montana, remember? Right. Yeah. Right. That was the Which, Jerry Rice Super Bowl, I believe he won the MVP. So I'm, I'm not willing to say that this is the greatest matchup. But I will say that if... Patrick Mahomes goes on to be what we think he will become. Mm-hmm. We'll remember this matchup. Yes. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really good game. I mean, we'll give our picks and stuff at the end of the show in the last segment. but um, And we're going to do some prop bet stuff that will be fun. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really fun game. And it's it just like both guys came in a different way, right? But similar, right? Unlikely superstars in the sense of like, you know, Patrick Mahomes came from Texas Tech, you know, not necessarily a football factory, you know, and, but dad played professional sports and you know, I love that, right? Whether it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, those guys, even Donovan Mitchell, his dad didn't play professional sports, but he worked in a front office, right? Like I think those guys know how to approach the game a certain way, dealing with the media, dealing with anything that comes through, um, the sports scope, right? Like, and just whatever yeah. the, 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 the challenges that you may have to face because they've seen their dads go through it to some extent. Absolutely. And it's, it's an important part of the overall narrative. You know, we sometimes get so consumed, especially now, with statistics that we lose sense of the narrative and the context in which those statistics were accomplished, Right. I try to do that, you know, multiple times, remind people two weeks ago when the great Hank Aaron passed, it's like, you guys are so fat, so fixated on him in the home run hitting, you're missing out the most important aspect, which is the context in which he was hitting those home runs. And so when I think when we talk about NFL quarterbacks, you know, it's important to talk about the context that got them there. So you're absolutely right. Their stories their backstories are just important, just as right. important as the numbers, yeah. as well as how they perform in the game, because the backstories made them the players that they are. Yeah, no question about it. Super Week on ESPN LA is presented by Coors Light. Experience the first big game ad that only runs in your dreams. Check it out at CoorsBigGameDream.com. Coming up next, Trevor Bauer is a Dodger. The rich get richer. 
Oh, boy. Let's get into that. What you need to know is coming up as well. We're back in three minutes. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. What do you got, Greg? All right, so Mark Cuban was uh, had some things to say about our very own Zach Lowe. Laura, do you have the audio? I'll tell you exactly what I think, Zach Lowe. You don't know you know? It, it, it's just, I know Luca, right? And it's just, he's not a big whiner. He's, he's passionate. You know, he cares. He wants to win. He's got some to him where, yeah, he's, he's one of those European players where you'll see him doing like this all the time and talking <laughs> in one of five different languages. But no, he's not a whiner. He, he's a baller. Uh, the reason that he took that position, and that was on Jamel and Carrie's uh, Jamel Hill and Carrie Champion. Sorry, I was so casual with that. <laughs> uh, Jamel Hill and Carrie <laughs> Champions TV show on Vice. Uh, stick to sports, um, and he was talking about Jamel asked him a question about how Zach had said that Luca is starting to come across a little bit as a whiner. Um, now mm-hmm. LZ. I like that Mark took up for him. It's why when I we asked the question yesterday about an owner you'd like to play for, I picked Mark. But a lot of those things he mentioned kind of sound like whining, don't they? Of course it does. And that's why I was just like, first of all, you came you came at Zach and suggest that he didn't know what, you know, he didn't know what he's talking about. Zach is not a flamethrower. Correct. He's not at all, actually. So, but you know who is? Mark Cuban. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so, so yeah. as soon as I heard the remarks and as soon as I saw it starting to trend, I was like going, so pot calling the kettle black? Is that what's happening here? Because right. Zach is so chill yeah. and so measured. Yes. that He's he like the least hot takey person we have, I think. The least yeah. hot takey person. Yeah. And so I'm like going, uh, and then Mark is one of the most hot takey personalities in sports. Correct. So this notion that you're somehow now going to be the gatekeeper of what's hyperbole or not is ridiculous to begin with. I like the fact he defended his dude, but I just kind of snickered and laughing and took it seriously at the notion that Zach doesn't know what he's talking about based upon your rationale about what's a hot take or not. Yeah. Uh, Greg, what do we have next? We have a Texans, the Houston Texans executive taking shots at people here in California? Yeah, so back in 2017, the uh, Texans... Jack Easterby of the Texans was talking to a a youth group in Texas and was saying that California people and fans in California are only concerned with catching waves and fans in Texas have big belt buckles. So what do you have to say about that? (laughs) First of all, I feel like there's this notion. And now I have lived in two beach cities in my life. Okay, clearly I grew up in Miami and I've lived here and I love it. Okay, it's why I live here, because I love being near the water. Okay, so. You know what? Catching waves isn't a bad thing. But number two, don't don't get it twisted like people here aren't like passionate about their sports just because you live in Texas and you wear a belt buckle. Like I hate that stuff. Like I would fight this Jack Easterby, and you're the reason, okay? Literally, literally part of the reason that Deshaun Watson wants to leave, and now I get it even further. Yeah, it's trash. Bruh, have you not and met I'm Dodger not, fans? I know, bro. <laughs> And I'm not trying to be flip about it or whatever, but it's like, it's trash. It is completely trash to use your jealousy of having a, you know, state that's near a body of water that's worth it to trash players. Right. <laughs> like, stop it. I don't know you. I don't really necessarily need to know you. But this idea that, you know, sports fans who are in a region of the country that has a better geography or topography and that somehow registers as their fandom yeah. is stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, so but, stupid. But it's not just Texas people. Northeastern people do it too. They're like, oh, you come from these towns. What do you know? You're not a real sports fan. I hate that stuff. Like, it it's makes silly. my 
godforsaken You're from blood Miami. You boil. don't know sports. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And it's right. like, why don't I know sports? Oh, because you're on a beach all the time. It's like going, just stop. Right. It's not my fault I'm not shoveling snow like you. Like, it, you know what it is? It's an extension of this real America, you know, ideal that, you know, you're not real America. Right. And it's just sort of like, you know, America's pretty diverse. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. What else you need to know, LZ, mm-hmm. is that Trevor Bauer is a Dodger. He left middle America to come to L.A., okay? Take that, mm-hmm. Jack Easterby of the Houston mm-hmm. Texans. Exactly. And he came to the Dodgers for multiple reasons. One, this is his crib. Mm-hmm. This is where he's from. This is Correct. where he's comfortable with. Yeah. Two, where when Nas, and I don't mean just the Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, the World Series, but I mean just in general. Like, since the new regime has taken over the franchise, winning has been a hallmark. Right. And then three, you're just jelly. You're super jelly. (laughs) Super jelly. Yeah. Super jelly. So we got Trevor, and we have a lot of resources to pull from, and that's all fantastic. And the people who are jelly, I understand why you're jelly. I'm from Detroit. I spent a lot of my life being jelly by this dynamic, but when you grow up and you start to move around a little bit and maybe get a passport out and see what the rest of the world looks like, you realize that, oh, there's nothing to be upset about. This is just human nature. Right. Yeah, it is. People want to be where they want to be. And people why would you want to be, be where, where they want to be? Yeah. And why, why people... we, we shouldn't begrudge people for that. You know what I'm no. saying? No. Yeah, I mean, it goes back. It's the only place where that happens, George. Yeah, well, look, I mean, people burn LeBron's jerseys. You know what I'm saying? Like, when he left Cleveland. Like, think about, like, think about, can you, like, it's crazy because there will, I know that there was part of that Cleveland 30 for 30 they did, but they will eventually do the 30 for 30 about when he actually just left, like, like just that part. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that is a 30 for 30 in itself, I think. Um, It is. And. And that whole day, like, was crazy. And then the aftermath was wild from the, you know, to your point, right? They burned his jerseys. The owner wrote this borderline racist rant in Comic Sans. No, 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 no. Wasn't borderline. It was across the line. Yeah. It it was terrible. It was was so much so that I would have never gone back to play for him. But that's, you know, he's a better man than I am. You know, he he is because I wouldn't have gone back either. Right. But but, but to your point, though, George, it's it's like, listen, it's sports art is the only industry where we think the people who play for one or, quote, who are employees of one organization should stay there for the duration of their career. Correct. Yeah. It's really weird. Nowhere else do we think that. And it's because we feel two things. One, when we draft you, you owe us slash we own you. And then two, the racial aspect of it, you should be grateful you're making the money that you're making to do it. Well, like Brett Favre the other day. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. And it's sort of like no one says that to Jeff Bezos. Right. No one says to Jeff Hey, why do you, you should just be happy with what you have. No, Jeff expanded. He was a book company. Yeah. He delivered books and then Jeff decided he wanted to do more and the world said, it's fantastic, we're here for it. But if LeBron James says, I want to see more, I want to live elsewhere, I want to do more, it's like, oh, you're a coward, you're blah, blah, blah. Only in sports do we do that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Like, it is silly. Um, but nonetheless, Trevor Bauer is a Dodger, and people can get mad about it. Um, but the Dodgers, the Dodgers have become the new Yankees. You know how like everyone used to always be like, "Oh, the Yankees always you. get everybody." The how Dodgers are that you? now. Yeah. Oh, no, how dare you compare us to the Stankies? They are. They're the it team, though. Is what I mean by that. No, you know what it is, man. Everybody wants to play for them. But That's a good thing. He's from here. I know, but everybody wants home. to come here. Mookie Betts wasn't from here. Yeah, he was kind of from here. No. He liked Tupac songs. <laughs> he likes NWA. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He's from here? Yeah. I mean, Isn't he? but he, he's no, he's not. No. No. But no. but my point is people want to be here. And it's it's a good thing. Like that is a good thing. And I know that you don't want to be compared to the Yankees, but you're better than the Yankees now. Like yeah. that that in itself is an achievement, right? Because they're in in baseball because they've won the most, right? Like they are the quote unquote industry standard. Not anymore. The Dodgers are the industry standard at the moment. Yes, because we're a well-run organization that's in a desirable area of the country. But more importantly, we're competent. We're competent. Andrew Friedman is really good at his job. He's really good. Dave Roberts is really good. The this yeah. talent that they find is really good. Mm-hmm. There's, we should not be ashamed or be or be shamed right. for being part of or fans of a well-run organization. That is such a trash thing to perspective. Yeah. Um. So, who's hitting the bullpen? I don't know, dog. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, George. Because I'm who are you? Who are you going to talk to? to I, hit listen, the you cannot for? have a young, vibrant, badass Latino Mexicano pitcher on this team and not let him start. Okay, this dude needs to be on this ro- in I this agree. rotation. I don't care what anybody says. Laura, Laura, tell me. You tell them. That's what you got to do. I mean, you already told I them. Agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I thought that, you know, I was disappointed. Honestly, I was disappointed in the way that the World Series was celebrated because I felt as if Julio was being not as admired as he should have been. Right. For what I mean, hell, you and I did do. like a whole like half hour about that. The yeah, day yeah, after. yeah. So yeah. I'm all I'm all for that. But I also think Dustin May may very well have the nastiest stuff all of all of them, and he's having a hard time getting a foothold. And he does have the best hair. And he has the best hair, and you know how I feel about hair. Yeah. And he's our only ginger on the side of JT. <laughs> we got to have representation matters. There are gingers it, it does in this matter. city. They need to see themselves represented. There is no such thing as two redheads on one team in baseball at the moment i believe i think we uh we we here in la we have the uh the market capped there there's no more yeah are there any other no no i'm saying two on one team is what i'm saying on one like, team you know because yeah, you know we we are losing redheads um it is actually like a thing you know that right Wait, what do you mean we're losing redheads? Oh man you know what we got to take a break here in a second but i, I know we got to talk like in, like in a general population yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's happening. Oh, man, I need to hit the clubs. Yeah, yeah. I need to say yeah. goodbye. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there were stories. that Are we facing redhead extinction? extinction? What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Is it yeah. because of global warming? I mean, I, <laughs> I don't believe it's because of climate change. But, um, yeah, there is a – I can I'm, find it for you. I'm looking you this up. You. Ginger extension. Let's see what no, happens. not ginger extension. <laughs> not extensions. <laughs> Not extensions. Not extensions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not extensions? No. Yes. Are we facing redhead extin- extension or not? Oh, in today's world. Oh, all right. Hold on. Um, with While less than 2% of the world's population has red hair, uh, these ginger folks aren't disappearing anytime soon. A few years ago, the media reported that climate change, you were right, was going to wipe out all the redheads. The uh-huh. internet has also spread proof that redheaded people aren't long for this world. Uh, he, proof in quotes. It. It's true that being a ginger is rare. About only 4 to 5% of the world's population carries red hair, uh, more common in Northern Europe and the United Kingdom. Um, apparently, that is false. So I fell to a trap of news that was uh, in- inaccurate. Fake news. Who's the yeah. hottest ginger right now? Oh, Amy Adams? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah that's a good one. Yeah. She's, she's, top, she's, she's near the mountaintop, that's for sure. I just looked it up, and they're all women. Yeah. And I'm like, is there not a single good-looking ginger man that can? They got what's, Prince Harry. What's homeboy that, that's the singer that sings the ballads? Was his name? Um, that was in Game of Thrones. Oh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, dog, no, I, I mean, come on. That. Come on, dog. I ain't messing with that. Come I'm just on, saying, man. though. That's come my on, point. Man. There's not a lot of that's redheads all, in entertainment. That's, a, that's offensive. You even bring him up in this conversation. Okay, here, most attractive redheads ever. Ranker.com. Amy Adams is number one. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's pretty good. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore's a good one. Uh, they have Emma Stone on here. Emma Stone's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Do you like Prince Harry, LZ? Well, I, I brought him up. One, he's already married to his sister, so we know he likes a chocolate swirl. But then, two, <laughs> is he losing his hair? 
I think he's losing his hair, so he won't be. He is losing soon. his hair. Yeah, yeah. he won't be. Kate Mara's redhead. Anything. Kate Mara's redhead. Oh, is she really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look redhead in any movies I've ever seen. She dyes her hair, but she's really a redhead. Yes. Huh, girl, she was the one with. The, she, now there's. Mar- I know there's multiple Maras. Um, Kate Mara's not. Rooney Mara was the one in the dragon tattoo movie, right? Um, think so. Yeah, it wasn't Kate Mara who did that. Wow. So. Sophie not Turner Ju- from J- uh, Game of, Game of Thrones. Julia Roberts, duh. Yeah, of course. Julia Roberts is stunning. Now apparently Nicole Kidman originally a redhead. Yeah. Did you know, know she was born in Honolulu? Was she really? Yeah, I had no idea that was the case. I thought she was Australian. Well, she is Australian, but I didn't know she was born in Honolulu. Yeah, but I mean, she's really American. Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. What do you think I of just, Michael Fassbender? I, I didn't like Jurassic Park too. Is Michael Fassbender a redhead? Is he what really? Is he? He's on this list. Sixty-seven right, bam, most legendary done. redheads. Michael oh yeah, he's a handsome done. dude. Game he's a handsome over. dude. Yeah. Speaking Game of handsome over. dudes. You know his birthday's today? Who? Cristiano Ronaldo. Is he really? Is he yeah, a ginger too? He's not a ginger though. No, right. he's not. Right. It's just his birthday. But right. that's a good looking dude, man. I'm telling you. I, I see him and I'm like, damn, I'm ugly. You ever does he have a power to snatch you over? Not that far. But then, but then he makes me good, feel, then he's not good looking enough. But he, he <laughs> makes me feel ugly, which I you know, you know, I don't I don't feel like I'm I'm pretty per se, but I don't feel like I'm ugly. And he makes me feel ugly. So there's that. Yeah, he's he's a he's a good looking dude. He's All right, DeMarco Farr. We'll ask Another him. He's a good looking dude. He is a good looking dude. DeMarco Farr joins us now. Uh, we will talk to him about this Matt Stafford stuff. If you didn't hear Teddy Bruschi blasting Matt Stafford, we're going to have that audio. We're going to play that for DeMarco. I want to hear what DeMarco thinks. Oh, about- bam. Starfish and coffee real quick. The girl from Queen's Gambit is the best redhead right now. You ain't lying, dog. You ain't lying. 